Hey, it's Jamie Scrimger. When I became a stepmom, I quickly realized that while moms are encouraged to keep it real, there's a big double standard when it comes to stepmoms. So I decided to start the conversation myself. Thriving as a stepmom doesn't just come from conversations about being a stepmom though. Here we dive into marriage, relationships, personal growth, and more. My mission, inspire you to live a kick-ass life while bringing you along as I create my own. This is the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's guest is Leah Marie. She is a divorce recovery coach for women and the founder of Mindfully Ready. Now she specializes in helping women release guilt, shame, and feelings of failure so that they can find acceptance, rebuild their self-confidence, and thrive after divorce. Now I stumbled across her reels on Instagram, got caught in them all, and was like, we have got to get her on the show. In this episode, we talk about the stigma of divorce, changing the conversation around what divorce really means, how she and her ex allowed their daughter to choose her own custody schedule after he moved a few hours away, how a stepmom can respond when the ex is struggling post-divorce, and some other great stuff. This is a good one. Let's dive in. As you know, my mindset has really changed around the importance of a healthy lifestyle, and I have been making my health a huge priority. Now, over the last year or so, I have started to integrate some micro habits into my day to help me be healthier, more energetic, and to really change the way that I feel. Now, one of the micro habits that I have integrated is Element. Here's the deal. When you are deficient in electrolytes, it can cause headaches and cramps and fatigue and feelings of weakness. Straight up, it can make you feel like garbage. And having a sufficient amount of electrolytes in your system can regulate your appetite and curb cravings and overall just make you feel much better. Everyone needs electrolytes, especially those on low-carb diets or practicing intermittent fasting or physically active or sweat a lot. And a lot of the electrolyte drinks have sugar and artificial ingredients and coloring, which is not needed and unhealthy. Now get this, according to the FDA, over 70% of sodium in the typical US diet is consumed from packaged and processed food. Now you do need sodium, so when you adopt a whole food diet and you're eliminating the processed food and all of that crap, you actually eliminate a lot of the sodium from your diet. Now, obviously it's not recommended that you reintroduce the processed food, but not replacing that sodium can negatively impact how you feel, which is where Element comes in. So Element is a tasty electrolyte drink with everything you need and nothing you don't. That means a lot of salt with no sugar. Element is formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs and is perfectly suited for anyone following a keto, low carb, or paleo diet. It has none of the junk, no sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS. I personally have Element every single day, mostly when I'm working out, but also when I'm feeling dehydrated or perhaps had some wine the night before. Now Element is offering a free sample pack with the purchase for my listeners when you order through my link. They have a money back guarantee, so if you don't like it, you can get your money back. And this sample pack allows you to taste the different flavors and just figure out what your favorite is. Personally, mine is watermelon and raspberry is a close second. So just head to www.drinkelement.com forward slash stepmom. That's drink lmnt.com forward slash kickassstepmom to place your order and get your free sample pack. 
That's www.drinklmnt.com forward slash kickassstepmom. All right, Leah, welcome to the podcast. Excited to have you. Thanks for having me. I'm stoked to be here. Yeah, this is going to be a good one. I've been like binging through all of your reels and you're so good at reels, eh? Like you've got a thing. Oh, thanks. Yeah, no, I love them. I'm like always like, oh, I need to do more reels. And then I just get super nervous and, you know, falls off the to-do list. So I definitely admire you for pumping all that out. Now, I think the best place to start is I would love to hear just your story and obviously your, you know, support women in recovering from divorce, but there's always a story there that gets us to this place, right? Oh yeah. It's like, how did this come about? How did this come about? So when I was 16, I witnessed my mom actually have an asthma attack in our home and die. And she was only 41 years old. So it was obviously very traumatic for me. And then only five years later, my dad died of pancreatic cancer. Oh my God. Um, And I'm an only child. So by 21 years old, it was like, okay, Leah, here you are alone in the world. Like go figure it out. And so I coped by essentially becoming a serial monogamist. You know, I was just afraid of being alone. I had abandonment issues from the loss of my parents. And so I was just hopping from one relationship to the next for years. You know, they were like the buoys that kept me afloat, essentially. And so it wasn't until my second divorce that I was like, okay, obviously there's a pattern here. Something is going on. I need to dive deeper. I can't keep doing this. I've got to figure this out. And so that's when I really started making all of the changes, faced my fear of being alone, learned how to stand on my own two feet, rebuild my self-confidence and my self-esteem. And then that changed everything. So then that's what led me to becoming a certified divorce recovery coach for women because I essentially could take all of the best tools and methods, the most effective methods and create a framework for other women so that I can help them through their divorce recovery so that they don't make the same mistakes I did. So they don't hop right into another relationship and so that they take the time to heal and rebuild their self-esteem and find themselves again. Did it just happen one day? You were like, whoa, what is this actually about? Like, or was it a slow process? Well, I remember during my second marriage, it kind of just hit me and I fell to the floor in my bedroom and I was like sobbing because I knew I had to get another divorce. And I was like, I can't believe I'm doing this again. Like I'm 36 years old. Now I'm getting another divorce. What are people going to think? What does this mean? What's wrong with me? Right. All the things that inner dialogue and negative self-talk. But I said, but you know what? It's my life. I have to do what's best for me and my daughter. I have one daughter for my first husband. And so even though people might think things or say things, I I just need to pick myself up and figure this out. And so that was my like aha moment was like, I can't keep doing this and finding myself in this situation, just breakup after breakup after breakup. I need to figure out how to just live my life for me and fulfill myself and make myself happy. And then if I meet someone, great. It's just a bonus. It's adding value to my life, right? But I needed to stop feeling like I needed a relationship in order to feel whole, happy, complete enough, you know, any any of that. And so what was that journey, that second divorce like for you? And, you know, it's one thing to say, I need to work on this. And then it's another thing to dive into that. Yeah. So all the things, I mean, I was seeing a therapist, I was doing the journaling, I got heavily into meditation. I really started making that a part of my like daily routine and that cultivated self-awareness like nothing else and helped me understand why I had made the choices I made and where my fears were coming from and how to build my self-esteem, like what conversations 
was I having with myself, right? What was I telling myself and was it true? So there was a lot of that and gratitude practice that helped me a lot with acceptance and moving forward. So I left my husband the house. I had to move out and find a new place to live. I had to get a new job so that I had enough money. And I was in a really, really tight budget for a long time. You know, I couldn't afford to say yes to things that weren't necessity. I couldn't always go out with my friends and, you know, do things or buy things for myself if I didn't really need it and shopping at Dollar Tree, shopping at Walmart, which I still do anyway. But, you know, you had to be really, really careful um, about where your money was going so that I could survive and stay afloat. Mm-hmm. And how did that confidence piece come, right? Because you talk a lot about how as women, and I think really to be successful in any relationship, like you need to have a great relationship with yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, we bring all of this stuff with us. So how did you work on that on your own? Like, what was that mm-hmm. process like? So there's two big things that helped me. The first thing was using affirmations, positive affirmations. Because when you lack confidence, it's the story that you're telling yourself. You are telling yourself you're not good enough or you're not pretty enough or you're not lovable, right? So you have to shift that conversation that you're having in your own head. And an easy tool to do that with is using positive affirmations. And so it's a way to help create more positive thought processes in your mind. Um, So I use positive affirmations a lot just to help shift what I was thinking and what I was saying about myself. And then the second thing that built my self-confidence like nothing else was getting a creative outlet. And so I had always loved to sing my whole life. And so after my second divorce, I was like, you know what? I'm going to join a band. I'm just going to join a band and I'm going to have fun and I'm going to do it. And I was terrified But I was like, but you know what? I'm going to be proud of myself just for showing up, like just for even attempting to do something like this. And I ended up joining a band and I was singing and I was loving it. And my confidence started skyrocketing because I was showing myself what I was capable of. I was pushing myself outside of my comfort zone. I was challenging myself, challenging those limiting beliefs and learning about myself. And so finding creative outlets, it's such a powerful thing. It helps you because when you're going through a divorce, you're like, trying to figure out what to do with yourself. So a creative outlet, and not only passes the time, it helps you learn more about who you are and it helps you build your self-confidence and you're pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone. Confidence comes from doing the scary things first. You don't get confident and then you go do the hard things, right? You have to do the scary hard things first. Mm-hmm. And then when you go, oh, wow, I did that. Like here I am still standing that builds your confidence. And then you're like, well, if I could do this, well, then I could probably do that. And if I could do this, well, then maybe I could do that. And then it grows and it grows and it grows. Mm -hmm. I love that. And it just popped in my head. I'm like, that's what the blog was for you. Like when I first started this, it was a blog. It was called the Pop-Tart Diaries. Uh And it was really just, I wanted to share and write about my life and my experience and provide this positive support. And it helps you cope. And you're right. You do build confidence because you're trying to figure stuff out and it has your attention and you're seeing what you can accomplish. Mm-hmm. And it's very true that I, ne- I actually never really thought of myself in that light before, but I want to pop back to the affirmation piece because I could not agree more, but I do think there's going to be people who are listening to this and they're like, come on, like mm-hmm. what the heck affirmations. Yeah. And it really is just like talking to yourself, like talking yourself down, giving yourself a pep talk and You know, it doesn't have to be this like fluffy affirmation in the mirror. It's literally like telling yourself what's true about yourself over and over and over again and catching yourself when you're in that negative thought spiral. 
Absolutely. Yeah, because whether you realize it or not, you already are speaking affirmations to yourself. They're probably just not good ones. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you don't feel good about yourself, if you don't feel confident, if you don't feel comfortable in your own skin, it's because the conversations you're having with yourself, it's what you're telling yourself, right? And so if you want to shift that so that you can shift how you feel, it's about changing that conversation. And so a very simple way to start doing that is using affirmations that resonate with you. You know, some, they might not make any sense for you, but there are thousands of them and they're all you can find them all on the internet and like create, you know, throw them on post-its, put them on your mirror, put them in your car, on your phone. And the more you speak them, the more you're literally reprogramming your subconscious and it changes the way that you feel because thoughts always pop up first before you get a feeling. So any emotions that you're feeling in your body, those happened because of a sentence that was in your head first, some kind of a conversation or some kind of a you know, some dialogue had to happen first in order for you to feel the way that you feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Have you heard of the superhuman app? No. Oh my gosh. So I was listening to a podcast on the break and it is a meditation app, but it is meditations you do while you're doing things like Mm. cleaning or driving or walking. There's some sitting meditations. There's some, you know, doing your makeup, you have to check it out. Okay. I have been right into it since I did the free trial. And then I'm like, I'm so hooked because sometimes for me, I'm doing a meditation and I'm not there and I have so much to do. I can't turn off my mind. That's where my struggle with meditation comes from. And if someone's struggling with the affirmation piece, she's saying these affirmations over and over and over again in this like really jivey music type mm-hmm active meditation. Anyway, you've got to check it out. Yeah. So it's almost like a hypnosis. You're just kind of like taking it in and not necessarily even paying attention. Yeah. yeah. It's so That's cool. Nice. My husband's like, can you take your earpods out? I'm like, no, I literally am just like meditating. He's like, you're not like, it's, it's just funny. He's like, you're obsessed <laughs> with this, but yeah, no, I really love that. Now I'd love to know, you know, how's your co-parenting situation now? So do you share custody? Mm-hmm. Is there a step-parent involved? Like what's your deal all over there? Yeah. So we are Luckily, very amicable. We were able to co-parent very well. She lives with me. And then on all of her school breaks, like her, you know, Christmas, Thanksgiving, and then her entire summer break, she goes and stays with her dad. And that's her choice. So my daughter's going to be 12 in March. Mm-hmm. I certainly don't like her being away the entire summer. That's hard for me, but she loves it because her dad ended up moving about six hours away from us. So she doesn't get to see him as often as she would like. Okay. So those breaks she looks forward to. She has a half brother and a stepbrother there. He's not remarried, but has been with someone for years and they had a baby. So that's kind of our situation. And she loves going and having that time with them. And then that gives me time to fill my own cup, right? It's like, you know, nobody has kids thinking that they're going to wind up only getting their kids half the time or part of the time. That's usually not in the plan, Mm -hmm. but it does end up that way a lot because divorce is very common. And so if you find yourself in that place, if you're listening, you have to learn how to just take advantage of that time. If it's a circumstance that you can't change, then you can either just be depressed and, you know, I mean, circle your child's room, holding their stuffed animals and like sniffing their clothes, right. And crying until they come home. Resentful. Yes. Or take advantage of it. Use that time to fill your own cup, get a hobby, get creative outlets, enjoy the silence, go on some dates and not have to pay a babysitter, right? Do all the things that you don't have time for when you do have your kids. Take advantage. And then when you do that, the time goes by faster, you're a lot happier, and then you're recharged, you're reset, you're ready to go. And then your kids come back and you're like on your game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so true. 
Now, I'm curious, so how did you get to the point where she came up with that schedule? Was it when he moved away, you were like, okay, how are we going to do this? So it was kind of a gradual shift. So when we first split up, we lived very close. And so, and she was young, it was before she was in school, we split up when she was only about two. And so she would be with me for a few days and then go with him for two or three days and then be back and then go with him. But then when she started school, she would live with me and then go on the weekends to her dad's. And then as she got older that's when he ended up moving away. And so it's not possible for him to be coming every single weekend when he lives six hours away, especially with his work schedule. Mm -hmm. And so she wanted to be able to go and spend school breaks and that was okay with them. And so, you know, at first I was like, no, I mean, to myself, my conversation to myself before I agreed to this, I was like, I can't be away from the whole summer. Like, that's going to be terrible. I'm going to miss her. Mm -hmm. But then I was like, but if this is something she wants to do, and I know she's having fun and she's getting quality time with her dad. If I say no, that's just going to be for my own selfish reasons. It's not because that's the best scenario. Right. Mm -hmm. So I had to let that go. I had to say, even though this is hard for me and I cry like a baby every time she goes, she's living it up. Like she's happy. She's having fun. She's creating memories. She's spending that time with her dad and that's what she wants. And so that's kind of how that all came about. Mm -hmm. I love how child focused that is. Right. And this is what she wants. Cause I'm always like, you know, when you hear a parent say, well, it's my time with the kids or that's on my time. I've always had such an issue with that because it's actually their time. <laughs> like, right, right. You know, like it's their life. And I always say like, they're people, not a timeshare. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that you guys are doing like such a great thing there. Okay. Now when it comes to women and men, do you feel like women struggle moving forward after divorce more than men do? Well, I only coach women, so I can't necessarily speak for men, but I do know that 70 to 80% of divorces are initiated by women. And I know that women struggle with a lot of the guilt and the shame and the feelings of failure. And so I can't really speak for men, but I know the mental and emotional side of things is definitely a struggle for a lot of women. Mm -hmm. What do you feel is the biggest struggle for the women that you work with? It's probably tied between guilt and self-confidence. Your self-confidence always takes a hit, always, you know, no matter what, even if you're the one that chose to leave because it's a divorce. And unfortunately, there's still a stigma, which is so silly, but it, it is, you know, and people do judge people based off of that one fact. And so that can be really hard for, it's something that they have to learn to accept and not define themselves by and set boundaries for people who do, you know, you lose friends in a divorce, you know, there are people who take sides in a divorce. And so there's a lot going on that can be really complicated. So self-confidence and guilt, especially for the moms, you know, moms always feel like I'm ruining my kid's life or did I do the right thing or, you know, constantly second guessing themselves and having that self-doubt. And so that can be a, a common struggle as well. Yeah. It's interesting to me. I think the conversation is changing though, when it comes to the stigma around divorce, because I think it would be far worse to spend your life with someone who you're not growing with and you don't feel supported by. And, you know, we have such a push in society now for personal growth and accountability and like doing the work, but then that inevitably is going to lead to people growing in different ways. 
right? Like growing out of their relationships, but then there's the stigma there. So it's like, mm-hmm. it kind of doesn't make sense. I know. And then people are like, well, why get married at all? If you're just going to get divorced? Well, first of all, nobody gets married thinking that they're going to wind up getting divorced. Right. Yeah. But it does happen. I mean, a couple of years ago, somebody had said to me, you know, why aren't marriages more like a lease, right? Like, why can't we just like lease somebody? And then like, we reassess every 10 to 20 years and we decide whether or not this is still right for us. Right. And then we can part ways if it's not right. That's a, That could be a thing, but it's true. It's like in a marriage, especially if you get married young, I mean, let's be real people who are getting married in their twenties. What do you really know about yourself, about life, about relationships in your twenties? I didn't know anything. Okay. So, and I know that that happens a lot and then people get older and older and then they're like finding themselves in these relationships with partners that they're not even really compatible with, or they don't share the same goals. So people do grow apart and that's okay. And that's not necessarily anybody's fault. This is a growth game. You know, life is about evolving. And so sometimes people grow together and sometimes people grow apart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Darren and I were having a conversation the other day. We were just talking about divorce and he's more traditional than I am. Mind you, he was the one who was divorced. But anyway, he's more traditional than I am. And we were just talking about the ability to change your mind. Mm-hmm. And that's okay, right? I think yeah. we were talking about like Tom Brady and, you know, him going back to football and, you know, was going to be a family man, but then changed his mind. Then the marriage, mm-hmm. I don't know what happened in the relationship. So I'm just kind of speculating based on what people are talking about. But I said to Darren, I said, okay, but he changed his mind, right? He was going to retire. This is what he thought he wanted. This is what he thought was the the thing. And he was probably miserable and wanted to go back to what he loved. He changed his mind and that's okay. You know, I could change my mind about the goals that Darren and I have set for our life together and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to normalize that conversation too, right? You're not stuck, especially if you get married so young. Like Mm -hmm. I'm really thankful that Darren and I have grown together the way that we have. But I think if I hadn't grown in the capacity that I was growing, we would not be together. Like I look back to the very beginning of our relationship. I was like, I was a baby, right? Darren and I got together. We were like that stereotypical, you know, people always like, it was like a rebound relationship. He was 13 years older than me. He just was like recently divorced and, you know, we hooked up really quickly. So I always had these like insecurities and all of that stuff. But I look back and I was like, 27 years old, I had no clue Mm -hmm. who I was Mm -hmm. at that time. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm changing my mind, by the way, but if I wanted to, I could. (laughs) You could. Yeah. I mean, listen, the odds of you even existing are 400 trillion to one. You're a literal miracle. And I really don't believe that that miracle of an existence should be sacrificed because you made a promise to somebody once, Mm -hmm. right? If you get to a point where you are not happy, your needs are not being met, you are unfulfilled, you feel like you're with somebody who doesn't make a good partner, whatever the reason, you can leave. It's okay to go and do what's best for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you want to teach your daughters that. You want to teach your kids that too, right? Yeah, and that's so important. And that conversation is a huge part in helping women release that guilt because they're like, oh my God, I'm ruining my kids, right? But you're teaching your children. You're setting the example of you don't have to sacrifice your happiness. If you're in a relationship that's toxic, you can leave, whether or not you are bound by a contract. You know, you can put yourself first. And that's a really powerful way to look at it is if you're struggling with the guilt because you're worried about your kids, ask yourself, if my kids were in this situation, Mm -hmm. what would I want them to do? 
Because I'm telling you 99.9% of the time, their answer is I would tell them to leave. I wouldn't be like, well, suck it up and deal with it because you have kids. I'd be like, no, like get out of there. Come stay, come stay on my couch. Mm -hmm. I think the conversation is going to change with parents too, because I think our parents and even, you know, Darren's older than me. So his parents, there's still that like shame and embarrassment for them. And I'm assuming things, but I'm probably actually not for a lot of people in that generation that their mm-hmm. parents are just, oh, well, they got a divorce mm-hmm. or they're divorced now as if it's like, what a failure. Right. Right. Yeah. But I wonder it's going to change now. Right. Definitely. It's definitely a generational thing because if you think about it, it wasn't that many generations ago that women had to get married. We couldn't get a credit card. We couldn't vote. We couldn't get a job. We couldn't buy land. Like it wasn't that many generations ago where we had to get married. And so people were staying in marriages that were unhealthy and that they didn't want to be in because they didn't have a choice. Mm -hmm. And so as the years have gone on, we've gotten more and more freedom and now we can have these choices to make. And so I think, yes, like you're saying, like the younger generation, we're just not seeing it that way. And we're also seeing people not get married as young. We're seeing women embrace single life. We're seeing women choose to not have kids. Mm -hmm. You know, we're seeing people do what's best for them. And it's very exciting to see. Yeah, I think it's super exciting too. I'm going to interrupt this episode really quickly to give you the inside scoop on brands and resources that I'm loving, who also help support the show. If you've been around since the beginning, you know that I created this platform and community 100% on my own. Google searches and podcast episodes and help desks are my business coaches, and that includes creating my website. Speaking of my website, if you've been on it in the last year or so, you know that it looks freaking amazing. Yeah, I know, humble brag, my website is bomb. I get a lot of questions about who designed it and how much it cost, and here's the deal. I did my own website. I just bought a template from Tonic Site Shop and customized it so that it's aligned with my brand, my messaging, and my style. Tonic Site Shop has redefined the website template. So throw out everything you think you know about creating a website and check out Tonic Stat. These are completely customizable websites designed for people who give a damn. I've heard people say that your website does not matter. That is complete crap. These days, your website matters big time. These templates are incredibly user-friendly with a drag and drop design. You use this intuitive platform called Show It to customize your website template without needing to know a single line of code. You just drag and drop like it's hot, no tears, no code, no limits. Head to www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash tonic to choose your template and then use the code Jamie15 to get 15% off. These templates are totally worth the investment and help me take my brand and my community to the next level. I can't wait to see what you create. All right. So guys, I am always asked what platform I use to run my coaching program. So that's the Kick-Ass Stepmom, Kick-Ass Life coaching program, my membership, the exclusive Stepmom community, my eBooks, just all of the resources that I have. And the answer is Kajabi. So Kajabi is an all-in-one platform where you can host your digital products, your membership sites, your courses, and it has features like email marketing and a blog and a website. You can take payment and basically anything that you need to do or use to run a digital platform. I just looked and I have been using Kajabi since 2019 and have not looked back. 
Before I was using it, I was using so many different programs to do this and to do that. And I was trying to keep it all organized and it was just too much. The best part of Kajabi though is their customer service. Guys, their support is amazing. I know I've told you this before, but I created this platform and built this platform by Googling and asking for help on help desks. You know that little square on the bottom of your screen that says, have a question, we're here to help? Yeah, those people are my best friends and my business coaches. Kajabi also has a library full of video tutorials that walk you through step-by-step -step everything that you need or want to do. And guys, like when I first started this platform, I had no idea how to do anything when it came to running anything online. And now I design my own websites, I run the back end, and the team at Kajabi and their resources have been a huge part in this process. So if you have a digital platform, a coaching business, or are thinking of starting one, I highly recommend Kajabi. Now I am an affiliate, so when you sign up using my link, I receive a small commission that helps support this podcast and all the free content that we share every week. So if you wanna check it out, it's www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash Kajabi to get all the information. If you have any questions, reach out. I love talking shop www.jamiescrimshaw.com forward slash K-A-J-A-B-I. Now there's one thing on your Instagram I wanted to dive into because I think I'm on the opposite side of the spectrum and it was moving on quickly after divorce. Yeah. And <laughs> it was one thing when you were like just talking about how you need to give it time and do the healing and yeah. I don't know, a certain amount of time. So I'd love your take on it, especially because, you know, I think Darren and I have a, a situation, but we were very close. So just to give you context, Darren and I started dating in March. We moved in together in July. The kids were on board. They were super pumped about it. We're engaged in October, married in June pregnant in August. And I went from no kids to, I was a mom and a stepmom of three in like such a short period of time. So yeah. let's dive into just kind of your thoughts on that kind of situation. Yeah. So yeah, not to say that that can't work, but that would not be a recommended. <laughs> and so the reason is when you're coming out of, a, especially a long-term relationship or divorce, there's a lot to unpack there, mentally, emotionally, mm -hmm. and you want to get yourself to a place where you feel whole and secure all by yourself. Because here's what happens. Women come out of a divorce or a relationship, and then they're so quick to hurry up and get back on those dating apps or to get back out there in the dating game for the wrong reasons. It's, I'm lonely. I need a confidence boost. I'm bored. I don't know what else to do. I don't know how to be alone. I, I've always been in a relationship. I want to be in a relationship, right? So that's not a good foundation to build a healthy long-term relationship on. So you want to get to the place where you can fulfill all of your own needs. Mm -hmm. Then you can date and you can have high standards, strong deal breakers. You're not going to settle for the wrong person because you're not dating out of fear or lack, right? You want to date and not be attached to any outcome where you can say, well, if this works, great, bonus. If it doesn't, cool, I'm good. I don't need it to work. I can make myself happy, mm -hmm. right? That is a really powerful place to be to find your ideal partner. So I would always encourage you know women to just take a beat and give themselves that time and space to get to that point so that they know they're starting a relationship for the right reasons because nobody wants to go through another breakup after coming out of a divorce. Sometimes mm -hmm. that's even worse. I've seen women that's like had an even tougher time with the rebound because it feels like they're like, you know, shattered all over again. So that's always my recommendation. Mm -hmm. I love that. 
dating out of fear or lack. I think that's the big piece, right? Like what is the reason why you're seeking this? You know, are you attached to the outcome? Yep. It's all about the intentions. Mm -hmm. Darren always says, he's like, I did not plan for you. (laughs) I did not plan for this. And it was so funny because it was, I think, a few weeks after we got pretty serious, but I had met the kids and things like that. And I just loved him right away. Like it was just three dates in and I was getting married. He just didn't know it yet. And he said to me, he's like, what would you do if I told you that I loved you? And I said, well, I would tell you that I've loved you for a while. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, I definitely agree. You got to go in with the right reasons. Now, when it comes to a lot of the women that you work with, I would love to dive in to just the relationship with the stepmom and co-parenting and what that can do for your healing process. Because I have read that it does take women longer. It can take women three to five years to fully recover from the divorce and from the loss and to to process everything. And I know a lot of stepmoms come in and they want to have this hearts and sparkles relationship. They want to co-parent and go all in, but the mom's just not in that place yet. Like she doesn't see you in that way. And Maybe it's kind of like salt on an open wound or, you know, a reminder of life that you thought you'd have that type of thing. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? So first, as far as the average of how long it takes a woman to heal, that definitely varies based on how long the relationship was that they're coming out of, what kind of relationship that was that they're coming out of, and how much support or effort they're putting into their healing journey when they come out of it. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to having to deal with like a stepmom, here's the thing you are never going to have control over what your ex chooses to do, right? And so they may move on quickly and they may move on before you're even ready to deal with that. So the only thing that you have control over is your perspective of the circumstance that you can't change. So if this is happening, you can choose to feel like, jealousy, anger, feeling insecure. Oh my God, are they going to like her more than me? Am I going to lose my kids? You know, all of that stuff. Or you can find the silver linings. Well, you know, I'm glad that they just have another person to love them. I'm glad that they have another person to spend time with. Or there's another person there to help them create memories and to do other things, right? As long as it's a safe environment, as long as your kids are safe, right? And they're not being put in harm's way. There really isn't going to be much that you could do about it. So Mm -hmm. it's about acceptance, finding ways to change your perspective so that you can gain acceptance. Mm -hmm. And do you find even like affirmations and just kind of like that self-talk? Always. It's really easy to go back to that place where you're feeling insecure, you're feeling you know, like you're not measuring up or you're just feeling that guilt and the shame. Absolutely. And that again, goes to self-awareness, cultivating self-awareness, right? Am I really mad at him for moving on? Am I really mad at her for being in their life? Or am I just afraid? Am I just insecure? Am I just having these conversations with myself that are making me feel the way that I'm feeling, right? It's like you said, so affirmations are always a great tool. And that's where like working with a coach is helpful because sometimes you don't even realize these are the conversations you're having with yourself. Like you don't even realize that these are your thoughts until someone says, are you realizing that this is actually what's going on? (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. Because you get caught in your own world. You get caught in your own habits and your thought processes. And so sometimes it can be hard to see those things objectively, but a great tool to use to start that process and start cultivating self-awareness is using things like affirmations and doing like mindfulness practices, things that bring you into the present moment so that you can start 
paying closer attention to the thoughts that pop up in your head. And that gives you the power to choose new thoughts. Can you tell me more about that and what that would look like for someone who's struggling? Yeah. So for me, I started with meditation and I know that that could be really intimidating. Like some people hear that and they're like, oh my God, I can't do it. Like I can't sit still. My mind's going to go crazy. I think the word has become loaded. Yeah. Like, it's not as hard as the word has yes. made it out to be. Really the idea is just bringing yourself into the present moment. Because here's what's happening. If we're depressed... Usually it's because we're thinking about the past. We're ruminating about things that already happened. If we find ourselves anxious, it's because we're worrying about the future, worrying about the possibility of things happening. When you bring yourself into the present moment, it brings you out of that thought coaster and it helps you feel better. And when you are in the present moment, you could be more aware of your thoughts. So here's the thing. If you can imagine like when you were young, when you were a kid, I don't know if you ever used to do this. I used to do this. I used to like lay on the grass and look up at the clouds like passing by and be like, oh, that one looks like a, you know, a whale or that one looks like a lion, right? The clouds. Mm -hmm. Your thoughts are essentially the same thing. You can practice just acknowledging them. They're kind of just like drifting by and you get to just watch them drift by and choose which ones you want to buy into and which ones you want to just keep, you know, letting drift by. Every 24 hours your brain is going to pump out 60 to 80,000 thoughts. It's mayhem up there. And your brain lies to you all the time. So when you create self-awareness, that empowers you to, number one, pay attention to the thoughts, and number two, choose which thoughts you want to believe. And when you do that, that gives you so much power because that's the way that you shift that inner critic, right? That negative self-talk, that inner dialogue, you can acknowledge, you can hear that. You can go, okay, I can hear that this is happening, but I can choose to not believe it. I can just choose a new thought. I'm going to speak this affirmation instead. Mm-hmm. I love that. What were some of the negative thoughts that you had? Oh my God. I mean, something is wrong with me. I'm hard to love. I'm broken. I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life. And those are very common because I was letting that define me. I was letting my divorce define me or what I thought other people were going to think about me. So I had to change my perception of myself. I had to change that dialogue I was having with myself. No, I am lovable. I am worthy. I am whole and happy. I am fulfilled. I deserve love, right? All of those kinds of things to change that conversation. Yeah. And we all find ourselves in these loops too, Mm -hmm. right? And, you know, whether you're divorced or your stepmom or you're, you know, struggling with work or, you know, we all have our family stuff, the stories that we tell ourselves over and over and over again, they're all such bullshit (laughs) for the most part, unless you can kind of like get control of them. Yes. I talk about, you know, stories from your childhood about the type of person that you are. It's a very, very hard thing to shake Mm -hmm. without being deliberate and working on it every single day. Yeah. Every day. I mean, the journey never ends, but doing things like meditation is a really great tool. And like what you're doing is like guided meditations is wonderful Mm -hmm. for people who have trouble just kind of quieting the mind because it gives you something to pay attention to, but that does cultivate that self-awareness. And journaling is another really great tool because it helps you work through your thoughts and feelings 
It also tracks your progress because mm-hmm. sometimes you forget how far you've come and then you can look back and you go, man, I remember that. I remember being that way or feeling that way. <laughs> like I was a mess. <laughs> right. Oh man. Or it gives you answers to your own questions that you didn't even know you had, right? I didn't even know I had this answer in me until I was like writing this out. And then I kind of figured things out on my own. So that's a really great tool to help as well with self-awareness. Mm-hmm. I've done that so many times when it comes to my own insecurities in step parenting and you know it starts with kind of like this vent right mm-hmm. and then you go into the you know maybe how your partner is not supporting you or how you know this is what their perspective is and you slowly start talking about your you know maybe your stepkids or the ex and then you start to be more empathetic and seeing the other side of things and then you slowly start challenging yourself and then all of a sudden you're like whoa that was just like a therapy session right <laughs> yeah. all these thoughts i didn't know were in here it's a really good way to to release. Yeah. And again, I mean, that's at your fingertips. So you can go grab a a sheet of paper, you know, or go to the dollar store and grab a little journal. Mm -hmm. Now I want to go back to something that you said about the healing and, you know, healing after divorce. And we're talking about if, no, the mom is really, really struggling and perhaps she hasn't, you know, dove in to figure out what is actually triggering her. Like it's not the clothes that you're putting the kids in and it's really not what you're putting in the lunch or, you know, that you're included on the email list stream or whatever it is. It's something else. And it comes down to that fear and insecurity and what's actually going on for them. And that's applicable to to stepmoms and moms. But how do you start that process? And I know we're saying journaling and affirmations and things like that. Is there a mindset that you need to get into or like a pep talk that you need to really, you know, get there? Because I know there's so many people who are just not there yet. They can't see their own trauma. Mm-hmm. And like what's actually going on because it's almost like this victim mentality, right? Yeah. Well, in that case, it's tough. If you're choosing a victim mentality, then there really isn't a way for you to undo that. You have to make that choice. You have to decide, I don't want to feel this way anymore. How can I change? What can I do differently to get a different result, right? When you don't know how to do things on your own, but you know you don't like the results you're getting, then that is when you need to reach out for support. You need to get guidance, right? Whether that's a therapist or whether that's a coach, depending on what support you need, you need somebody to be able to help you create that self-awareness and then give you tools and specific actionable steps so that you can start creating those new habits and then get different results in your life. Mm -hmm. How would you suggest a stepmom who is in this situation with maybe the ex support or show up in a way to, you know, still assert yourself as like, you're here, you you love this child, you're trying to do your best, you know, you're finding your place in this new family, while also respecting someone else's experience and place in that journey. Does that make sense? So you're saying that based off of someone who had come into a family who was divorced or the mom of the children? Yeah. So the mom of the children is really, really struggling just like this is a scenario. And, you know, the stepmom wants to be respectful of her healing and the place that that mom is at. Mm -hmm. Well, also, you know, I'm here, I'm doing this thing, right? We're trying to minimize any high conflict stuff, that kind of thing, Mm -hmm. while still not being like a doormat, right? Mm -hmm. You still have to be respected. I think that just comes down to communication and mutual respect. I think it's also understanding that everyone is very different. And so making sure you're not having expectations of someone based off of what you would do or what you would say, Mm -hmm. right? Because that is a very different. I heard once, I think it was from one of my coaches a while ago, that 
a lot of the problems that we have in relationships with other people is that we all carry around this invisible little handbook of how we think that everyone else should behave. <laughs> and when they're not following the handbook, then there's a problem and we get upset, right? 100%. <laughs> right. And so you have to remember that people show up in the world and behave in their own way. Yeah. And they're not going to do, be, act, say, think like you, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you can kind of start there, I think that helps with the expectations that you're setting and being able to accept people for who they are and meeting them where they're at. Yeah, for sure. Just because I think this is the right way it should be doesn't mean that everyone else thinks that's the right way, right? Yeah. And I think we so often just put these expectations on other people that they're going to see the world in the way that we see it. And it's a really good way to end up really disappointed. Yes. And this is not just about co-parenting, right? Yes, exactly. Every relationship. Yes. With your parents, your friends, coworkers, anybody. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you coach your moms into dealing with high conflicts co-parenting relationships? Because in a perfect world, we all do the work. Everyone communicates well and tries to show up in the best way for the kids. But, you know, we're all on different journeys, right? Yeah. Well, in a situation, if that's their main obstacle is like high conflict co-parenting, I would reference them to a high conflict co-parenting coach because that is not my wheelhouse. My wheelhouse is how do I get you mentally and emotionally to a good place where you're feeling good, right? Mm -hmm. But in a situation like that, it's going to be about getting support and it's going to be about, again, reminding yourself that you're not going to have control over what your ex is saying and doing. So it's focusing on whatever is in your control because that is all that you can do. And being there for your kids, just letting them know you are there to talk things through, to support them, to listen, or to get them the support they need. Sometimes your kids need to go and talk to a counselor or a therapist so that they can process what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I imagine that it would be harder for someone to you know, do the work with you when at the forefront, they have all of this trauma that continues to happen in that high conflict situation. Yeah. You've got to kind of focus on like what comes first. So if that's on your plate and you're dealing with that, get somebody to help you get a a good parenting plan together. Or if you need to like talk to an attorney to get some stuff, to go to court, to get some stuff in writing, make sure you're doing that first. Mm -hmm. But you still have to make sure that you're taking care of yourself, whether you're right in the middle of a divorce or on the tail end, or you're two or three years, you know, post-divorce, you've got to make sure that you're practicing self-care, you're setting boundaries, your, you know, self-forgiveness, self-love, all of those things still need to be coming into play in order for you to show up as the best mom you can be, in order for you to be the you know, the person that you want to be and to feel the best, make sure you're drinking enough water. Are you getting enough sleep? Are you doing things to take care of yourself and not putting yourself on the back burner every day? Mm -hmm. I'd love to dive into self-care for a minute here, because I think a lot of stepmoms and moms, women just feel so overwhelmed by that. Now it's almost become this obligation Mm. and it is an obligation. It should be an obligation, but it becomes this thing that almost weighs on them. I was having a conversation with someone the other day and she's like, well, you know, I go get my nails done. You know, I, I go meet my girlfriends for, for coffee every once in a while. Like I'm practicing self-care, but I find it so overwhelming and I'm still, you know, not feeling good. Yeah. In that case, I would say then you're not actually practicing self-care. You're just doing things you think you should be doing. You're not actually listening to what you need. Yeah. 100%. I was listening to something, another thing. And this girl was saying, even, you know, when you're putting your moisturizer on after your shower, like doing it with a little love. Yeah. 
you know, even something as simple as that, you know, you know how we used to like put the lotion on our baby's legs and just, it was like such this really nice thought out experience for them type thing. Like we're not just slathering it on and just like moving on to the next, like how can you do that to yourself? Mm -hmm. You know, when you're putting your moisturizer on your face, like, you know, maybe take a couple extra minutes to ice roll or like little things like that Mm -hmm. can go so far if you're doing it and saying like, I'm doing this because I love myself. I love my body. I want to treat my body right. And again, that can sound super corny, but I do think there's so many people who are just kind of getting the self-care piece wrong as if it's just like, an appointment on the calendar. Yeah. And it's not, it's a daily thing. I mean, self-care could be setting a stronger boundary with somebody who's been taking advantage of you or walking all over you or making you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Self-care. Are you eating nourishing foods? Are you drinking enough water? Are you doing things that nourish yourself mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually? What do you need? Mm-hmm. You've got to get really honest with yourself and then you can learn how to meet those needs. If you had a rough day and you just need a little bit of quiet time, then that's a way to practice self-care is like go grab a, a book and get in the bathtub and just get your quiet time for 10 minutes or 15 minutes, right? It's mm-hmm. not like, oh, I should go go out and do my nails. I mean, that can be self-care too because pampering yourself, that is also a form of self-care, Self-care comes in a wide variety of things. Mm -hmm. It's about meeting your own needs. What is it that I need in order to feel what, right? Loved, enough, beautiful, relaxed, grounded, right? How do I need to decrease my stress? How do I need to treat myself in a way where I'm showing myself respect? That's all self-care. What else is a really good self-care practice is when you're feeling super overwhelmed or you're dealing with a high conflict situation is just like airplane mode. Do not disturb. (laughs) Yes. You know, that's self-care. That's protecting yourself, right? Protecting your energy. Sometimes getting off social media is self-care. Giving yourself a little scroll break, you know, is self-care. I mean, all kinds of things. Yeah. I think it's like changing that definition because it's becoming a little bit of a burden. (laughs) So when it comes to the support that you are providing for moms, can you tell us a little bit more about like how people can work with you, what that looks like? Because the information that you provide is like so quick, so tangible. And, you know, people can implement it right away, which I think is Mm -hmm. so important too, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So you can go to my website, mindfullyready.com. That's mindfullyready.com. And everything is there. You can join my private support group. That's women only. It's an amazing judgment-free community of women who are rebuilding after divorce. You can grab a free empowerment guide and training video to help you gain acceptance, build your self-confidence and gain clarity on what you want next. I also just released an online course, which is amazing. It's got everything in it that everyone was asking me for. It's how to let go and gain acceptance, how to release anger and resentment, how to process your thoughts and feelings, how to find yourself again and rebuild your self-esteem and self-confidence and find fulfillment and adjust to being alone. I mean, everything that you need to get through a divorce and to, to get back on your feet is in there. So that's on there. And then I do also offer consultations for anybody who's interested. It's a Zoom consultation. You can book one of those. Okay. Awesome. Well, we will send everyone your way. Thank you so much for taking the time. This was so good. I'm going to have to get you back on again. (laughs) Thanks for having me. This was a good conversation. That's it for this one. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with someone who you think it would resonate with. And if you haven't already, if you could take a couple minutes, head to iTunes and give this podcast a rating and a review. It would mean the world to me. But only if you like the episode, though. If you don't, that's cool. Just remember what they say. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. 
Now, if you are a stepmom craving more, I highly recommend joining my membership, the exclusive stepmom community. Members get access to additional podcast episodes, interviews, and coaching sessions, and live Q&As, and just exclusive next-level content and conversation that I don't share anywhere else. Have an issue or a stressor that you'd like my support with? Just bring it to the Ask Jamie section of the forum. I check in throughout the week, and I'm here to help you out. To get more information or to join, head to www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash membership, and I'll see you in there.